Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, carrying on our conversation once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. I'm talking today about a problem and a theme and some solutions that have been part of my life now for more than 30 years. I want to talk today about overcoming barriers to being an effective listener. Effective listening for ministry leaders is an essential job requirement. You have to be able to do it. And my journey on becoming a better listener really started in my late 20s when I was in the Doctor of Ministry program studying evangelism. But at the same time, I was going through some intense personal growth about my relationships, my ways of relating to others, and quite frankly, my interpersonal communication skills. So these two things were going along on parallel tracks, my Doctor of Ministry studies, my interpersonal growth. I knew they needed to blend together. I knew that what I really didn't need was more help on how to evangelize. I knew that well enough. What I really needed was help on interpersonal growth. But at the same time, I really needed to finish that degree. So I remember driving through the night, coming home from Doctor of Ministry seminars and praying and thinking about this problem. When it dawned on me that really effective evangelism means that you carry on a conversation with someone. And so I designed my Doctor of Ministry project to help people who were trained in a go-tell approach to become more dialogical in their sharing of the gospel. And the project was effective and successful, and I'm Dr. Orge today. But really, really. What changed my life was not the evangelism part. It was the learning to listen to people in new ways so that I could understand how to lead them and relate to them much better. Now, in order to do my doctoral project, I researched more than 300 primary sources on listening skill development. Those 300 sources came from all kinds of fields like counseling, uh, organizational leadership, uh, communication theory. And after studying all of those sources, I put together some tools that really helped me to become a better listener. And one of the things that I had to confront was that there were certain barriers to effective listening that were a part of my life and that had to be overcome if I was going to become a much better listener. And so I want to talk with you specifically today on the podcast about overcoming these seven barriers to effective listening for ministry leaders. And I want to help you to understand that if you can raise your interpersonal skills by becoming a better listener, it's going to help you in problem solving. It's going to help you in relationship management. It's going to help you in staff leadership. It's going to help you in decision making. It's going to help you in so many ways. So here we go. Number one, the first barrier to effective listening is a poor attitude about listening. Now, for me, this poor attitude about listening was rooted in a subtle arrogance that listening to other people's ideas is just really not that important. And this poor attitude about listening reflected it, or, or revealed itself in me in an annoying habit that I have 
of cutting people off and not listening to them fully before I form my response. What I found is that when people are talking to me, rather than really listening to what they're saying, trying to fully understand their meaning, trying to get to the nuances of what they're trying to communicate, I find myself making presumptive judgments about what I'm hearing, cutting the person off, and offering a response without fully understanding what they're saying to me. Now, this poor attitude about listening reflects or reveals itself in my cutting people off and not letting them finish what they're saying and not letting them fully explain themselves to me. But it really is deeper than that. It's grounded in this subtle arrogance that people really aren't that important or aren't that interesting. And I found that when I cut people off and don't listen to them fully or let them express themselves totally, that it communicates to them a devaluing moment that helps them understand that I really don't think that highly of them or their opinion or their perspective or their input. Now, I am sad to say, sad to say that I have also done this in my marriage. I sometimes still find myself cutting Anne off and not listening fully to her before I form and, and give my response. And when I do that, it's more than just a poor attitude about listening. It really does communicate that I don't highly value what you're saying and that I don't really want to take the time to fully understand your perspective before I give a response. So, the first barrier to effective listening is a poor attitude about listening. And the solution is to change your attitude by confronting what your habits that communicate your poor attitude are revealing. And perhaps to underscore that, and to understand that this subtle arrogance that's bleeding through your life really has to be confronted. And you have to admit, I have been arrogant and presumptuous. I have cut off people and belittled them and made them to feel less valued because I haven't really listened. So the first barrier to effective listening by ministry leaders is poor attitude about listening. Address that attitude directly and stop the behaviors that reveal this kind of attitude toward others. Here's a second problem. A second barrier to effective listening by ministry leaders is a lack of concentration during the listening moment. A lack of concentration. Now, quite frankly, this sometimes emerges from boredom because as leaders, we've heard it all before. Someone comes into your office and starts telling you about a problem and you just want to cut them off because you've dealt with this problem four years ago, seven years ago, and nine years ago. You have experience with it over the years and you know exactly what needs to be done. And you really don't need to sit there listening to all the details. You just need to get a solution on the table. Boredom. You've heard it all before. Or someone comes to you with you, to you with a complaint. Same thing. You've heard it all before. Or perhaps you find yourself in a counseling session and someone starts pooling out their situation and you think, man, I've heard this story so many times. Boredom. Lack of concentration. An inability to hold your mind in check and keep it focused in the moment. 
because quite honestly, what you're hearing is just not that interesting because it's not that invigorating. There's not much original about it. So you have to overcome this barrier by bringing yourself to understand that even though you may have heard the story before, the person who's telling it to you has never told it before. Even though you may have significant experience with the problem being presented to you, the person presenting it to you may be experiencing it for the first time. Even though you may have heard these tales of woe from many other people who've come into your office and told you about a situation, the person telling you about it is perhaps experiencing it for the first time and really does need to tell you about it as if it's never happened before in the history of the world. And it's in those moments your lack of concentration is corrected not by convincing yourself that what's being said is so earth-shaking and so uh, remarkable that you wouldn't want to miss any word of it. No. What will help to shift your concentration is to recognize the value of the person who's talking with you and the uniqueness of their experience and how important it is for them to communicate that to you as a part of your providing leadership for them in your, in your work relationship. So, Poor attitude about listening is the first barrier. Lack of concentration is the second. Here's the third barrier to effective ministry or listening by ministry leaders. It's the vocabulary and the culture and sometimes even the language of the person who's communicating with you. Let's talk first about vocabulary. There are some words that are more offensive to us than others. So, when someone starts using uh, profanities and vulgarities, when someone starts saying things that are cutting or harsh or difficult to hear about someone that we care about or love or respect, that kind of vocabulary becomes very difficult to hear and causes us to shut down rather than listen more intently. Now, it's interesting about that because vocabulary is often really uh, influenced by culture. Many of you know that for years I worked in uh, professional baseball as a team chaplain. And quite honestly, uh, profanity is an art form in a baseball clubhouse. It is absolutely astounding the language that is used and the creativity with which people can string together profanities and vulgarities to make their point. Frankly, none of that bothered me too much because in that context, the vocabulary is what I would have expected in the moment and was able to deal with it accordingly. But I've been in situations where children have used language like that directed to me or around me, and quite frankly, I found it difficult to even, to even listen. I didn't want to engage with people who were using that kind of vocabulary that I felt was inappropriate or unseemly, even offensive. So vocabulary can be a barrier to listening, particularly as it's uh, heard in the context of whatever culture uh, where the communication is taking place. Now, another aspect of vocabulary, culture, and language that creates a barrier, of course, to listening is if the person talking to you doesn't speak your language as their first language. So if you're uh, Korean and the person speaking to you is speaking to you uh, in broken English motivated by their Spanish background, it's going to be hard for you to hear what they're saying and really understand what they're trying to communicate. So if you're dealing with someone who's communicating to you with vocabulary or culture or language different than your own, that can be a pretty significant barrier to listening. Now, another aspect of this for me has been working in what I call 
face-saving cultures. These are cultures in which it's uh, in which shame must be avoided and embarrassment must be avoided, and so saving face is very important in interpersonal communication. It took me a while to learn this. So, for example, I tend to be a very direct communicator, and I'll ask direct questions, and I expect direct answers. But in dealing with certain cultures, particularly some of those cultures represented here at Gateway Seminary, I've learned that I'm not going to get a straight answer in return. Now, it's not because the person wants to lie to me or deceive me or in any way dishonor me. Actually, it's just the opposite. They want to give a deflecting answer, which keeps anyone from being embarrassed in the moment and certainly keeps anyone from being put, what you might say, on the spot about any particular issue this kind of face-saving cultural uh, mentality. Now, again, I'm not here to explain all of that or how that all works out in various parts of the world or in various different cultures. All I'm trying to communicate today on the podcast is this. When you're dealing with someone who has vocabulary, culture, and language that's different than yours, they use words differently than you do, they come from a cultural background that's not the same as yours, or maybe their language is even different than yours in terms of their native tongue. When any of these things are present, they're go- there's going to be greater possibility of frustration and a challenge to effective listening by a ministry leader. That's why it's so important in these uh, situations where vocabulary, culture, and language are somewhat uh, different that you be heightened, have a heightened awareness about them and a heightened participation in the listening moment so that you can overcome these barriers by your listening carefully, giving appropriate feedback, and guiding the person to communicate in ways that you can fully understand. So, poor attitude about listening, lack of concentration while listening, and the vocabulary, culture, and language of the person who's communicating with you, make listening hard. Here's a fourth barrier. Judgments about the sender. This is anger, usually, with the sender because of the message they are delivering to you. Now, there are certain subjects that cloud my mind. When these things are being discussed, it's really hard for me to stay focused, to stay objective, to stay interested, and to stay uh, dialed in to the conversation. For example, when a sender in the communication starts talking about child abuse, or incest, or adultery, or alcohol, al- uh, alcoholic behavior, when a sender starts talking about these things, I have to be really careful. Because my emotional uh, alarms start ringing, and it becomes very difficult for me to concentrate on what's being said to me because I become so angry, so frustrated, so uh, engaged emotionally because things like child abuse, incest, adultery, and alcoholic behavior, those things have been a part of my past, part of my ministry past, a part of my personal past. They've been a part of my relationship with people and the destruction that I've seen in their lives because of what's happened to them. And so when someone starts talking to me about these things, it's, it's almost like a giant hook goes back, 
latches into all these experiences from my past and brings them into my present and clouds my clouds my vision, clouds my hearing, clouds my understanding of what's being communicated to me, and I'm no longer listening well because of the judgments I'm making about the sender. Do you have some triggers like this in your life? Some things you've experienced, for example, in the past, some negative things that have happened to you or maybe to people that you love and care about. And when someone starts talking to you about these things, all of those emotions come flooding back into the moment and it becomes very difficult to stay focused and to really hear what the person is trying to communicate to you. Judgments about the sender. Well, here's a fifth barrier to effective listening. What I call daydreaming, are mind-wandering. This is caused by the emotional depletion of so many people with so many needs. And in the moment, you find yourself just drifting away while one more person is telling you one more sad aspect of their very uh, difficult story. Daydreaming, mind-wandering, just simply moving away from the moment disassociating almost so that you can have a focus elsewhere besides what the person in front of you is communicating to you. Now, this is often caused from the emotional depletion of listening to so many people with so many needs. You know, as a seminary president, uh, I have employees come to me with problems. Students come to me with issues. Constituents come to me with complaints. I have all kinds of people, uh, all kinds of people dealing with all kinds of issues around me. And quite honestly, when they start talking to me about these things, sometimes it's really hard for me to stay fully engaged and fully focused. My mind just wanders away as I think about other issues, other meetings, other challenges. It's easy to let this happen because of all that comes at us from so many different people so much of the time. So we've covered five barriers so far, poor attitude about listening, a lack of concentration while listening, vocabulary, culture, and language as it's being, uh, as it's represented by the sender, then judgments about the sender and daydreaming and mind wandering based on the emotional overload that comes from dealing with some of the information that's dropped on us on a regular basis. Now, number six. A sixth barrier to effective listening is what I'll call life experiences. What I mean by this is it's sometimes difficult to understand where other people are coming from. You know, I, I don't understand all the pain that some people have experienced. I don't understand all the background that they've had. I don't understand uh, the emotional the emotional uh, energy or even baggage they bring with them to the conversation. And this can sometimes cause me to be less than a good listener because I just don't quite frankly understand why what they're saying to me is all that important. For example, I had a person recently start telling me a story and I wondered, why are they telling me this story? And what am I supposed to do with this information? And why do I care? And what difference will this really make? And I was just about to disengage when finally the person revealed that what they were telling me was something that had happened to them many years ago that they were now facing up to and dealing with 
and the recent experiences they had had in another context had brought this very difficult thing from their past into the present. Well, that changed my perspective because now I understand the life experiences of the person who's talking to me, and I understand the life experiences I've had and how those things can interface and how they can make a difference in my capacity to listen to another person. Life experiences, meaning it's really difficult to understand where some people are coming from, but once we do that, we'll be able to listen more intently to them because we understand what they've been through, what they've lived through, what they've experienced, and we understand how that is impacting their communication in the moment. Well, number seven and last. The seventh and last barrier to effective listening skills is what I call the lack of listening skill development. Here's the reality. Most of us have had very little training in actually listening to other people. Now, if you've been through some kind of counseling program or something like that, then you'd be the exception. But most of us are not trained to listen. We're trained to talk. We're trained to write. We're trained to tweet and post and otherwise let ourselves be known in social media contexts. But when it comes to actually writing down and then communicating those ideas and listening to them very carefully, most of us have had very little training in how to do this. This was my reality a number of years ago. I had to face up to the fact that while I had been to school to learn how to be a speaker and I had been to school to learn how to write, I'd been to school to learn how to, uh, to even to teach and I'd been to school to learn how to preach and all these different ways of putting out information, I had never had a class, never had formal training in how to listen to other people. So I had to fix that. And of course, I did work on that, as I mentioned already at the beginning of the podcast. I worked on it very extensively in my doctoral studies as I studied these 300 sources of listening skill development and then brought those to bear on the subject of evangelism, but then even more importantly, brought those to bear on myself as a husband, a father, a leader, and now these years later, pastor and denominational executive and seminary president. I guess what I'm trying to say here at the end is you can learn how to listen better. There are actual skills that you can master that will help you to overcome all of these barriers. There are several resources available to you to do this. Of course, you can uh, read books about it. There's subject, there's uh, seminars called listening labs and other things like that, which will help you to learn how to be a more effective listener. Uh, you can also, of course, um, vi do videos and things like that. But let me tell you one of the best ways that I have found that's helped me to learn how to be a better listener. And that is to pay attention to people that I know are good listeners and to watch what they do and then try to copy that. My wife, for example, is a good listener. Uh, she's patient with people. She values them highly, so she's willing to listen to their stories. She understands that it takes some people uh, two or three tries to really communicate what they're trying to say, and she's very patient with people as they go through trying to tell her what they really mean. I've watched her over the years and understood that's what a good listener does. 
I need to be more like that. So while I have read books, been to seminars, watched videos, I have also paid attention to the people in my life who are good listeners and sought to do better by following their model. Now, let me encourage you to learn to be a better listener. As a leader, this will help you in so many ways. It'll make you a better decision maker because you'll get better input into decisions as you're preparing to make them. Uh, It'll make you more pastoral and more approachable as people feel like you value them and that you really want to hear what they have to say and that you really uh, esteem them for what they're communicating to you. It'll help you to be a better leader because you'll make better decisions because you'll have more information in hand before you make those decisions. Rather than jumping to conclusions or cutting someone off or moving on too quickly, you'll actually get the kind of information you fully need before you can make your decisions. And then another thing that becoming a better listener for you will do for you is it will help you to communicate high value to people and to help them understand how much you do think or how highly you do think of them. You know, this is one of the best things about being around a person who's a good listener is that when, when, they're, when they finish listening to you, you, you feel better. You feel more valued. You, you feel like you're, you're more significant. You feel like you, you've made a, a, a real contribution. And as a leader, you want the people around you to feel this way every day. So developing effective listening skills is, is not just about being a counselor or something like that. It's, it's not about doing something that makes you more touchy-feely or uh, makes you more emotionally aware or uh, demonstrates a greater emotional intelligence. I mean, it does do all those things, and those things are bad. But in the context of this podcast, we're trying to learn how to be better leaders. And I'm telling you today that listening is an essential skill of good leaders. And that if you will work to overcome these seven barriers and then work intentionally, especially on that last barrier, to learn some specific listening skills that will enhance your capacity in this area, it will make you a better leader. You'll be able to get more done influence more people for good, have greater organizational effectiveness, be more streamlined and riveted on your mission. You will be able to do all of these things better because you are a better listener. So, barriers to effective listening skills, poor attitude about listening, lack of concentration while listening, the vocabulary culture or language of the communicator, Judgments about the sender, especially negative ones that affect you emotionally. Daydreaming and mind-wandering because of impatience or emotional depletion from so many people with so many needs. A misalignment of life experiences where the person talking to you is coming from a place you've never been or experienced, and it's hard for you to really fully understand what they're saying because of that. And then finally, a lack of listening skill development, never actually studying how to do this important skill better. Today, we've talked about barriers to effective listening skills and some ways to overcome them. I challenge you to get busy doing this as you lead on.